vida y muerte chat. Welcome to Vida y Muerte Chat. I am your host, Vida y Muerte. Hope all of you are having a wonderful day today. As you know, today is the last day to enter my contest, everybody. So you know that's for a $400 tattoo. If you want to win this, make sure you um, enter in the contest. And the way to enter into the contest is you have to share a podcast that mentions that, either this one or one of the others, and um, then tag me and two other people in that podcast. Make sure you tag me, guys, so that I can see you, and make sure you tag the other two people, too, so that I put you in. Um, a lot of people, like I said, have been just kind of sharing it, and at that point, I won't enter you, and you got to listen to the rules. So make sure you guys listen that you got to tag me as well as two other people in it. So it's really fun, though, what's going on right now with that contest. It's at about 85 people now, I think, is what I had last counted. And um, compared to my other contests, that's uh, really low, you know, and it's really exciting for me because it's a little less work for me. You know, the other ones, I was stuck on my phone for hours and days, you know what I mean? Just counting and making sure I got everybody's entry in and stuff like that. And then... um to have only 85 from like the first contest was like 2000. I think it was, um, it's pretty exciting for me because I know that these are people who are actually, you know, listening to this podcast, actually like going and supporting this and it's really fun, you know? So good luck to whoever wins this. Um, today will be the last day that you can enter in. And, uh, that's today, May, f I mean, May, what am I saying? <laughs> April 14th. Today is the last day that you can enter in. Sorry guys. I, you know me. Um, but yeah, no last day that you can enter in is today, April 14th. And then I will be announcing the winner on the 15th. So, um, you know, get your name in, make sure if you know anybody who loves tattoos and wants a tattoo as well to get in on this because, uh, Today is the last day and you guys definitely don't want to miss in on that, you know, so definitely uh, join on in. So, you know, um, in my podcast, the last one I did was Dark Taos and that, you know, it's really crazy. Just some of the crazy stuff that happening. I'm still looking for some more stuff to give you guys. I have a couple of them, but we'll save those for a later podcast that I'm going to do either tonight or tomorrow. I'm trying to get enough information of big, good, juicy stories. You know, I definitely found a couple really cool ones. And, you know, it's really crazy going through the old um, Taos newspaper because you just see all this different stuff, you know, there's just so many different things, um, different car dealerships, different restaurants that are open 24 hours. And there are just, there's a load of them too. There's so many different places. So it's really cool. And I'll have some of that stuff coming up on the other podcast, you know, and you'll be able to check that out and hear that and, uh, listen to everything. And, you know, it's just really fun. So I just wanted to update everybody, you know, like I said, I have about 85 people who have entered into the contest and, um, you know, things are getting exciting. I did my first pair of eyebrows the other day and oh my goodness, today um, is day two that she's had, or actually no, day three that she's had them. And man, the color is looking beautiful on her. It is a very uh, soft reddish brown, which is what she has on her hair as well. So matched it very good. So I was very uh, pleased with the results and um, we'll be doing some more as well in the next week or so. I'll be doing a micro needling set. So that'll be really fun and really exciting. Um, a lot of people, you know, do ask uh, about the changes at the shop. I am back to myself. I am by myself again. And, you know, just keep it as is, you know. It's just, just going to be me in there, and that's fine with me. I'm fine with that, too. So, yeah, no, for people who have been questioning, I am by myself again. Um, And like I said, just going to leave it at that. It's a mutual situation, and so I'm not going to um say anything more than that, you know, if, if asked, you know, that is when things will get told. But, you know, at this point, you know, like... It's, I think it's just fun to be on my own at this point. I'm definitely enjoying it back to being just me. You know, it seems like my customers definitely are enjoying it back to being just me. So that's cool. You know, it's fine with me. You know, things, things don't work out, then they don't work out. You know, at this point in my life, I have gone to a point where if things are not easy or things are just, um, not going the way I want them to go. I change them, you know, and especially in, in situations where I have control. And if I have control, I'm going to change that situation, you know, and that's just, that's just me. That's the way I am. 
And um, man, how you guys been dealing with this wind lately? This wind is crazy. I even ripped part of my roof. I had to have my husband go up there and fix the roof on my porch because it ripped off part of it. This wind has been insane. I'm like, what happened to all these pretty sunny days? And the bosque is on fire and Rio Doso is on fire. I feel sorry for all these people who are having to evacuate their homes right now and things weather's just going kind of nuts right now you know the weather's been definitely kind of crazy lately and the news has been crazy oh I don't know if you guys saw that horrible case um I think it was out of Albuquerque or is either in Santa Fe one of the two cities a guy is accused of raping six children and giving them STDs like what the f is wrong with people like how disgusting can you be like dude like come on six children and he gave an std to every single one that's completely disgusting like somebody like that that's where i think the death penalty should definitely come back in place because i'm sorry there is no fixing a person who's willing to molest that many children in a row and then as well have stds and give them stds oh my god the news has been crazy. Thank God people are shutting the fuck up about, I'm not even going to mention those two idiots, but the whole Grammy situation, you know, thank God that thing's gone. And I'm like, at least it's other stuff. But now that I'm reading this other stuff, I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, what's going on here? Um, yeah, totally, totally crazy, you know, and that's the articles that I'll be mentioning in my later on podcast, which I'll be recording and putting on probably later on today or in the evening time, you know, I will mention, you know, some crazy stuff like that that used to happen back then too. You know, there's, there's a lot of crazy stories, you know, I'm going to have a story about how, um, there was three men accused of raping a 10 year old girl. Um, there's also a story about some juveniles who break out other juveniles from an institution, um, you know, gonna have some, gonna have some pretty crazy stories that I've been just stumbling across. You know, I got to read up some more and, and get some more stuff Been busy at the tattoo parlor, you know, did an awesome Halloween tattoo yesterday. Those are definitely some of my favorite tattoos. Some of you may know, but a lot of you do know I was married on Halloween. So Halloween is just, you know, my fun to go thing. I absolutely love Halloween. So was having a fun day doing a Halloween tattoo. And today I'm going to be doing a, a wicked, uh, angel tattoo so stay tuned on that one that tattoo is also going to be a really really fun tattoo so super excited to do that one um like I said, just wanted to give you guys an update on, on the contest. Like I said, it is only at about 85 people right now. So, you know, odds are really in your guys's favor at this point, because you guys actually got on here and you guys actually listened to this podcast and, you know, thank all of you guys for actually listening to me sit here and bitch and moan when I do, or, you know, give my little commentary or, you know, kind of take you guys back into history and into Taos, you know, it's really, really cool that you guys are still listening to me, you know, and I still have my people following in. So, you know, Thank you guys very much for listening and following in and following the contest rules and stuff like that. You know, it's definitely been a, a fun situation. I'm definitely having a good time with this situation, you know, so it's it's really cool. And um, yeah, like I said, I'll be doing a, a wicked tattoo. It's going to be a an angel and she's holding two guns and she has blessed tattooed above her eyebrow, you know, and it's a really, really fun piece. And it's going to be on one of my fun customers that always kind of comes to me. This girl is been getting tattooed by me for a few years now. You know, she's definitely one of my good main customers that I have. And it's always a blast to sit there with her. So, you know, it's going to be fun. Just another fun day. And, and yesterday was like that too. It was a girl that I actually purchased uh, a pet from, you know, and, and, uh, we hadn't seen each other in a really long time, but it was really fun, you know, to sit there and talk to her, see how she had been doing and how her life had been going. And then to get a tattoo, she's also one who was married on Halloween. So we both have that sort of, you know, connection to the fact that, you know, I own one of her, um, offsprings from her, uh, pets that she used to have. And then, uh, we both were married on Halloween. So, you know, we have, we always have a good time and we always talk and have a good time. So definitely cool that I have a couple of my girls coming in, you know, and getting tattooed for me that I hadn't seen in a long time, you know, or even, um, I've been seeing one of them a lot recently. She's been getting a, a lot of tattoos from me. So it's always fun to see what, what happened in her life for the last couple of weeks and what had been going on, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, let's see Taos Fiestas are coming back. I heard this year, I heard a rumor that, uh, they are coming back and it is going to be here. Hopefully it comes back with a bang since I had been gone for 
quite some time. I'm really missing those old fiestas, you know, before there for a good period, I'd go for like a day. I've always gone at least one day of the fiestas, but I had only gone for one day because eh, the last few years that I did go, it just wasn't, it wasn't fiestas. It did not all the booths were there, you know, and this is pre COVID too, you know, not all the booths were there. It was just kind of dead and not very many people. So I really hope this year because it was taken away for two years that people missed it, you know, and it is just one of those banging years. Now, please don't let it be completely banging. We do not need any murders for fiestas. It seems like for some odd reason, maybe because there's a lot of drinking, there's a lot of like hot summer days and stuff like that. We always get murders around that time. So don't let it be too banging, I guess, but hopefully it is just, you know, a big fun fiestas. I'm ready to, um, to go have some fun, you know what I mean? And, and see Taos get crazy like how it does. So hopefully that does happen. And I hope it, uh, definitely comes back, you know, with a, with a vengeance kind of a thing, you know, and we, and we see, uh, Taos how it was, you know, the, the meow wolf thing just kind of took over. And to me, you know, it was cool. You know, the concerts are definitely cool. You know, it's definitely something cool to bring to Taos, but we also need like Taos's original stuff too. You know what I mean? Like can't get rid of the original way the fiestas were. When I was younger, from a kid to, you know, a teenager, there was just so much crazy stuff that would go on. And the fiestas were so packed and people were shoulder to shoulder walking through the plaza, even walking up and down Contu Hill. You know, you'd be shoulder to shoulder with people. There would be hundreds and hundreds of people on the plaza. There was so many different little stands that you could buy all kinds of cool stuff with. You know, as a kid, I remember some of my favorite things for the fiestas is we would go and we would buy like, you know, the knockoff uh, designer clothes that they would like kind of bring once in a while. They'd bring like shitty things that were like FUBU or Tommy Hilfiger and like the jackets. And then you'd get the lowrider shirts and stuff like that. So we'd always get those, which gone more though, back in the day, if you remember that store, you know, that store was a really cool clothing store back in the day. And it was when it was in the, um, I think it's called the Pueblo Mall is what it is. It's, it's where, uh, where Ace Hardware and, um, Big Five are at now. That used to be a, a big clothing store on one side and it was called Gone More. And Gone More was a badass store. I mean, they had a lot of wicked clothes. You could get all the lowrider shirts. You could get baggy silver tab pants. You could get nice suits. I mean, you could get pretty much anything there. They had pretty much every type of clothing and it was a very big clothing store. And, um, so, you know, like here in my generation, you know, that was our stuff. That was our things, you know, Jankos and baggy, uh, Pichetta pants with one strap hanging off or no straps, you know, and that was just totally the style. And I remember the fiestas just being so fun because everybody was just walking around, um, even to get from, say, Michael's Kitchen to the plaza, if you were trying to get into the plaza, going out wasn't as bad. But if you were trying to get, you know, heading southbound um, from Michael's Kitchen to the Taos Plaza, it would take you about two to three hours to get there because it would be bumper to bumper traffic. And um, yeah, there was just so many people cruising and so many people out and about that uh, it was just it was packed. It was like rush hour, you know what I mean? In a big city to where you couldn't get further ahead because it was just so busy. And there was just so many people cruising on the street, you know? And there, I remember there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened for the parades. You know, I remember one time, one of the guys's cars, and I actually even know who the guy was. He was, um, he had, uh, pumps in his car, which is what makes the car bounce up and down. And it caught on fire. His trunk caught on fire. And a lot of people will remember who that was too. Cause it was a pretty incident that, you know, everybody kind of was like, Hey, your car's on fire, you know? And that was like one really crazy incident that I definitely remember always as a kid is that situation. Um, car starting on fire, you know? And, you know, there was a lot of really cool stuff during the plaza time, you know, at that time, uh, um, where uh, the gorge is at was called Ogilvy's at that time. And that bar was crazy bumping. You know, there was always people in it and that had the balcony, you know? And so that thing would get super, super packed. And, um, of course, Ali Cantina and then the Taos Inn, you know, and it, it was crazy, you know, Taos fiestas. Um, I'd say probably pre 2003, cause that's when it did definitely kind of change was after the triple murders. It got, tighter they had a you know they would have uh 
uh, people on like SWAT teams on the roofs after 2003 because it was a triple homicide to where they would hire police officers from other towns to come and help out. And they would literally be on the roofs of the plaza with, you know, AK-47s and stuff like that. And they would have towers where they were watching the whole crowd. And I think after that happened, you know, a lot of people were kind of discouraged into going into the fiesta. So like I said, hopefully this year it's going to be just, you know, banging and there's a lot of really fun stuff and not, like I said, not too crazy, like how it can get, but hopefully it gets fun. You know, I hope to see, you know, the cruise line, even though gas is kind of expensive, it's, it's just, you know, that's a pastime of Taos is to cruise that road up and down, you know what I mean? And, you know, have a good time with your homies. And that's how, that's how Taos was, you know, that was just, that was Taos. So I hope to see a little bit of that. I don't see too much cruising just because gas prices are insane, but hopefully a little bit, you know what I mean? I, I hope to see it busy, like how it typically was instead of really dead and kind of boring, you know? So hopefully that happens, you know, but, um, I'm going to let you guys go. Cause I'm going to get started. Like I said, have a wicked tattoo. It's going to be an angel and she's holding guns and says blessed on her eyebrow and love on her fingers. And she, She's an awesome tattoo. So if you guys uh, follow me like most of you do on Facebook, you know, or on Instagram and Snapchat, uh, keep your eyes open for that tattoo because that's going to be a really fun custom original piece like me. You know, I always do that custom and original. Um, my tattoo work, unless it's something that is, you know, like a Zia symbol or something like that, you won't find my work online. And that's that's the reason why I do that. You know, being an artist, I try to create a an image to the liking of what they want but still different because that's what makes things awesome. So you guys have a wonderful day and this is Vida y Muerte. Talk to you guys later. Well, hello, hello, everybody. This is Vida y Muerte Chat, and I am your host, Vida y Muerte. Hope all of you guys are having a wonderful Tuesday, you know. Um, I had been gone for a little bit. You know, I kind of took a break from everything. I took a break from work for a week. I took a break from um, social media, took a break from this, you know, it was my birthday. So I just, I really wanted to have, you know, just kind of some time to hang out with my husband and my child and, and, you know, just relax, kick back, you know, not have to deal with anything. And that's what I did, you know? And so I'm back though. I'm back at it. You know, I did some tattoos today that were really awesome. Did a pride bat that was really cool. It was a bunch of bats flying up her neck and it was the pride colors. Um, did a really cute bouquet today. You know, today I'm going to be doing some eyebrows and, um, doing some other really fun stuff this week. So it's going to be really fun. I have a, a horror one at the end on Friday. That's going to be really awesome. It's a, one of the serial killers from movies. So that will be really fun tattoo. And yeah, you know, um, really thrilled that angel fire this morning woke up to snow i hope some of that snow starts blowing towards the mora direction i love that area and it's so beautiful so it's so heartbreaking to know that that is just on fire right now and um I really just, my heart goes out to all the families who are dealing with the evacuation, the possibility of not going back home to a home, the fact that their houses may have already burnt down, you know, um, I really hope you guys, uh, are able to recover from this. And, you know, that's one thing about our communities, at least in these little communities, I have seen some great outreach from people and it's just really amazing, you know, and that's one good thing about small towns is, you know, people are more willing to help their neighbor for sure. And it's, it's just, you know, it's an amazing thing to see. And, um, like I said, my heart just really goes out to these people right now, you know, and what they're dealing with. And, you know, like I said, Taos has its amazing traits. And unfortunately, New Mexico is just so prone to um, forest fires. You know, that's one reason why I never lived in the mountains. I always wanted to, but I just never, I had an opportunity to buy a house in the mountains and I just chose not to because that was always just a fear that what if the forest catches on fire? You just really have no hope when you're up there and it's a beautiful place to live. It's so awesome to live. But unfortunately there is always that, that factor of some idiot who leaves a campfire on or a downed pole turns it on or something, you know, and we're just such a dry year. Hopefully we get some more moisture into this situation. Cause man, we definitely need it. So, um, 
looking at my podcast, I'm able to kind of see how many listeners um, kind of tune in and which ones tend to be the most popular ones. And one that I noticed got a lot of attention was my kind of creepier side, my dark side of Taos. Um, dark side of Taos talks about, you know, the dark side, you know, and the fact of that there is a lot of really deep and dark situations in this town. And it's something that needs to be noticed. It's been around since the beginning, you know, a lot of I know some of the old timers or some of the mid agers will say, oh, it's, it's the music. It's what's on TV. It's what's on TikTok. It's, and I mean, it is part of all those things, but they, they say that these things are these huge influences as to why, you know, kids are shooting other people, why people are killing each other, why there's so much rape and all that. And, you know, it is a factor to it. It's gotten worse, I would say, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty bad. Some of the things that I came across in just the Taos newspaper, this isn't even me getting into like, um, Albuquerque or Santa Fe or anywhere like that. This is just, you know, between kind of Taos County and like the surrounding towns in Taos County in that area, because Taos was one of the more, um, kind of booming cities back then that actually had like a courthouse, had a jail, had a this, you know, a lot of places didn't really have that yet. It was still kind of wild west and, um, they just weren't quite as, um, I guess set up with the court system. Cause it seems like a lot of people from the surrounding areas definitely went to court between Taos and Colfax County. So those were kind of the two main jail court areas that you would go to. And, um, Speaking of that, you know, the Taos jail, like I had mentioned once before, um, was just considered one of the worst jails that you could possibly be locked in in the country. You know, it was getting mad attention at this point for being just, you know, really inhumane, which, you know, some people will argue and say, you know, you know, you're in jail, but it, it was pretty bad. You know, there was, um, they're almost to the point of torture at that point because of the fact these jail cells had no windows, no heat, no air conditioning, nothing like that, you know, so they were exposed to wind, rain, snow. If it was happening outside, it was happening inside the cell. They had very limited food supply. They had very limited, um, beds, blankets. There was nothing really there. There was barely even a facility to use the bathroom. They didn't even have running water in it at that point either. So it was really bad, you know, and they kind of overturned cases really quick to get these prisoners out because of how bad it was. And they want to get less and less attention because at this time they're getting more and more attention. So it amazes me how quick they turn these cases over and how lenient they were back then you know and it's it's really horrible how much rape was in Taos County and in the surrounding areas at that point you know there was a lot a lot of rape and um it it's it's really gross you know how many people were actually raped in the 1960s it was kind of like a um kind of a real problem almost like slightly pandemic I guess you could even call it too because it was really hitting Taos and hitting Taos a lot you know so um, this is in 1963, you know, kind of towards the middle of the year, the jail is crowded with 17 prisoners. And at the time, you know, that's a lot of prisoners for that little area. And, um, they started handing out cases. One of the first cases that I come across is a 30 year old man from Chamisa. He got only six months in jail when he pleaded guilty to the brutal beating of a woman in her seventies from Picaris Pueblo. So that's another, it's just like, you know, six months for the brutal beating of a Picaris, uh, 70 year old, probably a little lady or something like that, a little native lady or something. And, you know, yeah, they're just like, you know, six months, here you go. Really brutal. That's to me to get only six months for the brutal beating of a 17 year old, you know, 70 year old is an older person, you know, and could have killed her, you know, and no, he only gets six months. Um, so there's another one, a man from Pot Creek, he's 35 years old and he is sentenced to six months to five years in prison for indecent handling of a minor. Now this minor is rumored to be his stepdaughter, or at least reported to be his stepdaughter. And, um, he was charged with statutory rape, but this was dropped when he pled guilty to indecent handling charge. So all he had to do is plead guilty and basically go, yeah, you know, I, I'm a creep. I did sleep with her. And they're like, okay, you're a creep. You slept with her. All right. So, um, go on your way now. Cause they let him go. They dropped all charges. Um, another crazy one. Let's see is 
Uh, a 28-year-old man is sentenced to 30 days in jail after enticing away a female minor, once again, and it is suspended to seven months to one year in penitentiary, but then the judge ends up putting him on a two-year probation. Another one, a 20-year-old man from Rodarte, pleaded innocent to assault charges with a deadly weapon. The charge ended up going to trial, and he was accused of shooting a teenager from Chamisal during a gang fight. Um, and then later on in that year, towards the end of the year, he ended up pleading guilty to an assault charge and only got 40 days in jail. So, you know, that's another case. You know, shoot somebody and yeah, now you just get, you know, 40 days in jail for that. Definitely shows you how wild, wild west Taos was back in 1960s. And this isn't a prominent newspaper that I'm reading these articles from. These are not made up. This, I mean, I'm retelling the story, but I'm keeping it true to the story just because I don't want to get in trouble for like plagiarism or anything like that. And, um, but you know, you could go, you could go look these articles up yourself. I'm not going to give names. I'm not going to give exact dates or anything like that. Um, trying to kind of keep it, you know, a little bit harder for people to pinpoint things. But if you do go looking for it, you know, and you, you can go find it, this is public information, you know? So, um, this next one was really a heinous crime. You know, it was really disgusting crime. I, I was very dumbfounded on how they dealt with this crime too and the way it went about it like I say too these articles are really hard to kind of connect the dots with they're just they're really quick little blips or they're just worded very strangely and there's no follow-through with like articles later on down the line as to what really happened like there's a couple of them that are pretty serious cases that do that but in general, most of them are pretty small little just kind of blips in the newspaper. Some of them aren't even on the front page. Some of them are like three, four pages in. Um, so this one, this is a really, like I said, really gross one. This is in 1963. This is in the middle of the year. There's federal charges of kidnapping, and they have been filed against three Taos County men after they allegedly pulled a 10-year-old girl from the car and raped her near the Colorado line on July fourth. Well, I guess I gave that one away, but on July 4th, oh wow, they're disgusting. So yeah, it was on July 4th, 1963. Sorry about that one. That was a slip on my end, but you know, it's, it's so gross. Who cares? You know what I mean? You could go look these guys up. It's July 4th, 1963. Um, a call was received at the police station around 4 50 AM from a frantic woman telling them about the kidnap. So the police then head their way towards the village of Costilla. So at this time, you know, there's no police, like kind of how it is right now. There's no police up that way. So they're coming from Taos. You know, they're an old car. So you assume it probably took them a minute to get there at that point because these cars didn't go as fast as their cars go now. And so officers arrive there and they come across three people, a woman with a 14-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl as well as there was about 10 or so local people who were also kind of in the area, probably talking to the woman, you know, trying to protect her, stuff like that. So the woman is there and she's telling the story to the police officers, how she had ran out of gas near the Costilla line and that she left her car to obtain more gas. Now, while she's gone, she tells officers that three men stopped and abducted her 10 year old daughter and they fired a 22 rifle at the older girl. Obviously, she was probably trying to protect her younger sibling or I, it kind of makes it seem like it's a sibling. I'm pretty sure it was a sibling. Um, and in the report, there was also the boy, so I'm sure he tried to help as well. Um, so it's reported, you know, that after they took the girl and raped her, though, that they then returned the child back to the car. And at that point, when the police officers were interviewing the woman, the child was actually at a nearby home. And so the woman's over there giving the police officers details about what had happened. And all of a sudden she shouts, you know, there's the car. And she points and the officers look in the direction of where she's pointing. And they actually recognize the vehicle. So they know who it is and they know it's a set of brothers and the officers knew them. So they took off in pursuit, you know, left the woman there and just told her, you know, drive back to Taos and to wait for them there at the sheriff's office, which I'm assuming even at that time there was probably nobody there. So they wanted her to sit outside of the sheriff's office in her car, you know, just kind of waiting. I'm thinking this woman probably said, hell no, I am out of here. You know, my daughter just got raped. So she, you know, didn't go. So the officers, you know, they go searching after those two men. 
they show up at the house that they, um, they know where the guys, the two brothers live at. And it's, it's funny that they say three men because they mainly talk about two brothers throughout this entire case. So it's kind of weird, you know? Um, but they do, uh, go to those men's house and they don't see them there. So they end up driving back down to Taos and the woman is gone. Now they said that they figured, you know, maybe she had gone back to Santa Fe where her husband was at or back to Pueblo, Colorado, where she lived. So, at this point, you know, because officers had a really good idea of who it was, one of the men, I guess, had um, a guilty conscience and he ended up giving himself up. And they also told him that his brother was involved in it as well. And he was a 17 year old juvenile. So the 17 year old had just gone out of uh, juvenile detention or like a, you know, a jail for juvies. They say reform school back then. And, um, that boy and the other man, whoever the third person was in this situation, they don't really mention that person, like I said, were charged by federal complaint. And um, the FBI later on had to locate the woman in Pueblo, Colorado to investigate and, um, you know, go and interview the 10 year old girl. And at first, I guess she tried to say that they didn't, but then she ended up, you know, um, confessing that they did rape her, you know, at the Colorado border and stuff like that. And then later on, I do see some little blips about it here and there and it seemed like the 17 year old got the bulk of the charges and the other two men definitely got some charges too but you know just really disgusting heinous crime like i said i let the date slip on that one even though i said i wasn't going to but eh, that's when you know oh well you know these guys raped a 10 year old girl that is just uh, disgusting you know that's just so gross so that was you know just a really crazy story that I just, you know, rape, like rape is just left and right. Another one in 1964 at the beginning of the year, um, a 17 year old boy confessed to statutory rape and allowing himself to drink alcohol. Um, he was charged after he attacked the 13 year old babysitter, uh, babysitter. This was in, uh, Laura Ranchitos road. And the female said that he was drinking and that was probably the factor as to why he ended up doing the case. Um, he assaulted the girl when he was going to his house and I guess she was there and he ended up assaulting her. And this was another case, you know, didn't really say anything about how much time he got or anything. And this is somebody, you know, a 17 year old raping a 13 year old. So it was pretty, pretty heinous crime just to kind of get, you know, brushed over. Um, now in 1964 as well, same month, you know, at the beginning of the year, um, there was a professional wrestler had came to Taos and he was also charged with sexual assault by the DA. And after being accused of indecent handling of a three-year-old. So this is really gross. You know, this, this like I said, the, the fact of how much rape was here in Taos in those beginning years was just, it was nasty. It was really gross, you know? So, um, he was 49 years old, it said, and he was promoting a public wrestling match. And he was, you know, I guess really promoting it all throughout Taos. It was in the papers. It was all over. And he was going to do this, you know, public wrestling match. And so he called it off, though, after the allegations were made against him. And he then admitted to taking a girl as well as the girl's sister from their home to their father's place to go work. Um, I mean, to his work at about 9 p.m. And I guess there was a housekeeper in this house because from what I understand, I think he's dating one of the little girl's mom. But they, like I said, these articles are just kind of weird. They don't really describe it as clearly as you would like it to. So I guess a housekeeper in the house, um, she said that he first tried to act indecent towards her, try to, you know, maybe grab her or something like that. So she locked herself in a room and she said he then took off with the two little girls into his car. And the housekeeper said that she then witnessed him do this indecent handling situation, which indecent handling, I'm thinking he was touching them, something, you know, something gross like that. And then he drove off with the children and he was then arrested later on. And um, the father, I guess, I'm assuming the housekeeper notified the father of the situation before he got to the father's work. And that's when police officers were sitting there waiting for him. And later on in the case, I guess um, 
shortly before he did that incident with the two little girls he was also identified by another set of young girls who said that he stopped and invited them to get into his vehicle and when they refused that he exposed himself to them so that was another really disgusting crime you know and it was a it was somebody who I guess he was pretty well known as well because he was doing that you know big promotion so that was another really weird kind of rape situation now now I'm going to get into one that's a murder. So this one was another unusual murder. And it's another person who's kind of like a holy man here in Taos. So it was kind of strange. Um, so this is mid of 1965. And there is a hearing held for a former Taos Spanish Baptist minister. And it's for the fatal shooting of a 35-year-old Rodarte woman. And he was arrested near a Santa Cruz church because I guess he owned a TV slash radio station up that way. And um, he was identified and also, you know, just accused of it by the 16-year-old daughter who witnessed the murder of her mother in front of her. So... It says that he was a Spanish Baptist minister and that he was very well known in this area. And um, he then, like I said, was accused of shooting this woman three times in the chest. And he did this in front of her daughter, as well as a one-year-old child of the woman and another little boy. And the 16-year-old daughter was the one who was the main witness who came forward and told of, you know, what happened to the situation. She said that he walked in and he shot her mother and he then turned the gun on her. So she took off to a room, locked the door, came back out, noticed that he had taken off with one of the children and fled. So the man, it says in the article, then took the child to the Embudo hospital where he left the child with $40 for safekeeping. Then it's reported that the woman's parents took the child to their home and the man was concerned about them having the child. I don't know. It's just really weird. It jumps around. So then later on in that same article, you know, it just mentions how he, it, this should have kind of been the beginning of the article, but it's like in the middle of the article that he had came to Taos in 1941 from Bolivia. He was a Spanish Baptist pastor. It then switches instead of saying minister for 20 years. Um, and then he just kind of retired because he won. He said he had served enough of his time. And according to his statements, he was upset with the woman because she would not allow him to register his name as the father of the child, even though they were planning to be married. He said that she was very good to him and he was not angry with her. Instead, he just didn't know what happened and he doesn't know why he shot her. So, though, later on in the year in 1965, um, the 16-year-old girl, you know, testifies against the man and said that he entered their home without knocking, took four steps into the kitchen, and shot her mother once. The girl stated that her mother um, and her little sister were in the kitchen when he came in and he shot her. She said that her mother then fell to the floor and the man stood over the woman and shot her two other times. A few minutes later, after he points the gun at the girl and she flees to the bedroom, she comes back out towards the kitchen and sees him take off with her one-year-old sister and leave the house. The girl then told her younger brother, who was also present at the situation, to run to a neighbor's house and go get help while she stayed with her mother. So, it, like I said, it gets really weird. So then the 16-year-old girl begins to mention in this later article that the man was never acknowledged as the child's father and that he never even contributed support to the family. Um, so the man's lawyer then ends up switching the case and wanting to plead for innocence due to insanity. Then again, later on, in another article, it's stated that the woman had threatened him first with a 22 rifle and told him that if she ever caught him cheating on him on her that she would kill him and so the case becomes really confusing because then the other child testifies and what his testify is is just totally off from the other situation i don't know it's just it's really weird it gets really weird in that article and um the guy ends up getting some time I end up finding some articles on it later on not too many though like I said the follow-through is really kind of not that big they just kind of tend to write these articles they're really confusing they're really um unusual they have some misspellings in them and stuff it's kind of funny you know it's it's interesting you know the situations are really sad but the way the articles are dealt with is definitely kind of 
kind of interesting, you know? So, um, that one was weird. You know, that was a definitely a weird case. Now the next one is same year, mid of the year, um, 1965, a boy is accused of murder. A 17 year old boy is held for the shooting of his 45 year old father. The article states police reported the man was killed as he stood in line in the kitchen of the country kitchen restaurant, which was seven miles North of Taos. And the men's wife was the one who, uh, witnessed the situation and pinpointed the son who killed this man. Now, the only thing that sucks about this case is I can't really read further into it because whenever they took pictures, I can see the name and I recognize the name, but it's kind of, um, it's like washed out. Like they, it was really bright and you can't see the lettering. So I don't know what happened in this case from what I could read. It looked like he did get a pretty good amount of time for this one, like maybe 10 years, which it's still not that much time. But back then, I guess compared to these other ones, you know, that was a pretty good amount of time. So this boy, um, yeah, he ended up killing his father and I, I never saw a reason as to why either. They never really, um, had a reason on that one. So, um, same year later on in the year though, um, two men are dead and two men are in, uh, jail is how the article starts. And it says that the Taos County jail, um, has two men now being held and they were sentenced for the shooting outside of a rancho's bar. And the men are charged with two counts of first degree murder and one count of second degree murder for a 25 year old and a 24 year old man. But yet in the beginning of the article, it says 23 and 22 or something like that. And they get it confused and mixed up. I had to kind of read the whole article and go through it just to understand what was even going on because they had different names with different things and who was dead and yeah it was really a weird kind of confusing article so um in the article it reports that the fight started when one man shoved the other man and a kind of a quarrel started between the two and it continued and as the bar owner became upset about it he threw the men outside and the men were kind of near the rancho's trading post at that point and the owner said he was talking to state police officers when he heard the shots and several witnesses at this story kind of gave different timelines and different um, uh, kind of descriptions of what happened. So the case is another one where it's really confusing, doesn't really make much sense. And um, at the time, I guess the men were kicked out is when the shooting kind of began is what they were saying. But according to the owner of the bar, he said it was about half an hour afterwards. So they never really had a clear conclusion as to what time it happened. So another witness, like I said, came forward and said the shooting had only occurred, you know, a couple minutes after the men were both kicked out of the bar. And, um, that's when everything happened. And, uh, I guess in that they stated that, uh, the same witness, I believe it is stated that a man threw a lit cigarette at the other one. And that's when they ended up shoving each other and hitting each other. And that's when things went outside. And as the guys had, you know, I guess settled their indifferences and were getting ready to walk away, one of the boys came up on the other one and shot him. Basically, it kind of states in the back almost is what it's saying because he was walking away and the boy shot him afterwards. And then there's more description in this thing. And like I said, it kind of jumps around that um, after that man shot the other one him and his friend ended up taking off five miles they walked to the parents home in ranchos the house and it's um alleged that a relative then drove one of the men back to their own home because of course he had his friend with him so they drove to one parents and the other one they drove him home and that another report stated that one of the man's wives even drove the truck back home and um went, you know, back to the barn to go get the truck, but that ended up being incorrect because of the fact the vehicle was impounded. So I guess that part of the story didn't really, um, tie up, you know, but I guess the main way that these guys got caught was just from, you know, multiple witnesses at the bar who saw everything go down. You know, you've ever been in a bar and a fight goes down. A lot of the times people are definitely outside watching the fight to see what's happening and what's going on. So that was, um, I'm sure what went on there. And, you know, like I said, this, it's really crazy to see these articles. And one thing I will say, and this is one thing I even remember about Arroyo Seco, is Royal Seco is one of the roughest areas in Taos for a very long time, you know? Um, 
there was a lot of um, kids who were severely drinking. There was a lot of them who were involved in knife fights and just crazy stuff. You know what I mean? And there's even one article that I came across where a teacher in Arroyo Seco ended up beating one of the children with a belt and he left welts across the child's legs to the point where the mother back then actually went and did something about it. Most parents kind of, you know, I mean, I even have stories from my parents where they say that they used to see their peers, you know, get kicked in the butt. They used to see them get rulers broken over their hands or over their asses, you know, and, and so I can, I you know, I could definitely see this happening back then. And a lot of people didn't really say nothing because they used to beat their children too. So it was kind of, oh, you know, is my kid acting up? Beat him then, you know? And so this is one of the few moms who was like, no, you beat my child. You know, I'm, you can't beat my child, you know? And, and she actually reported the teacher and the teacher has the audacity to even sit there and say that, If we do not beat the children like this, you know, they're going to turn into these kids that are unruly and um, that won't listen, you know, which I mean, it's kind of happens. I don't believe in beating discipline. I definitely believe in but beating. No, I don't, you know, especially from a teacher. Fuck that teacher ever touched my kid. I would severely hurt that person, you know, but um, it, it just makes me laugh, you know, that back then, you know, that a teacher actually had the balls to sit there and say, you know, you better let me beat these kids because if not, they're going to turn into the little assholes that we deal with now, you know, because Arroyo Seco just had a huge um, alcohol and party and kind of just issue with people breaking into things and, and just mischief, you know, the teenagers from Arroyo Seco. And I guess at that point, um, from what I understand, the school was even like kind of a high school, it seemed like in like a big main school that had like all the grades, you know, and stuff like that. And so, you know, this teacher was like, you know, they're going to end up like these ones that, that do that. So that's why I beat this kid. And so, you know, it's just really crazy to see how it is, you know, um, really sad. One thing I do see on there in the blotter is there is a lot of Taos Pueblo people who are arrested for drunken in public, like you will literally see on the blotter probably about 20 names going down that list, all saying Taos Pueblo. And that was one thing, you know, there was absolutely no disclosure in these old newspapers that says the person's name, it says their age and where they're from and how much of a fine they had to pay, you know. So it will say, you know, this so-and-so is from Taos Pueblo. They're 25 years old. They were caught um, drinking in public and they had to pay a $10 fine or a $5 fine, you know. So it's really crazy. Even the articles that I read to you, you know, most of them have almost everybody's names, even if they're minors, even if they're not, you know, they just, it's crazy how there was just absolutely no disclosure in these papers. And there was even another one I came across. I need to try to find that article where there was a man and it's around the same time too. And he murdered his own children, you know? So that was another crazy situation. Like I said, um, I'm going to go from 1950 to now. So right now I'm in the 60s. So this is definitely going to be a podcast that has a lot more to it. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more crazy things that I come across as the years start to progress because I remember a lot of the crazy murders as well from, you know, the, the mid nineties to the early two thousands. And, um, yeah, there's, it's going to get dark. It's going to get really crazy, you know, and I'm going to bring up all the other cases too. And like hardcore cases like that. And then also, you know, I'll do some other readings of the newspaper too. Cause it's, it is really cool, you know, to, like I said, Taos was booming back then. There was, um, maybe six or seven grocery stores. There was six or seven car dealerships. There was multiple clothing stores. There was multiple, um, hardware, hunting, boot stores, this, that. It was really, you know, I really wish I could have seen Taos in this time because even the gas, there was a bunch of gas stations, like even some of the ones, odd ones that I remember, you know, I sit there and I remember a lot of really odd little gas stations, you know, even Arroyo Seco, there was a gas station right there in the downtown area of Arroyo Seco, right by Abe's Cantina. And, um, that's even where that Arroyo Seco school that I was mentioning to, that's the little, you know, it's a community center now, but all of us who were, you know, born, um, I think I was one of the last generations to actually, attend fifth grade in that school because when we hit uh the sixth grade we were some of the first ones to go to the junior high so 
it was definitely, you know, like we were some of the last ones. So it had been kind of class of 2005 would have been some of the last students that actually attended school in that little building. And I mean, it was a tiny little building. And even when they added the other part to it, you know, it was still really small. And it definitely makes you trip out, you know, that I'm pretty sure it was a high school from what I'm reading in these articles. It was a full fledged, you know, probably from elementary on kind of a situation. I'll have to talk to some of my people who were a little bit older, you know, who would actually remember this stuff. But from what it seems like, you know, was, there was quite a bit of high schools here in Taos. I want to say there was maybe five or six in total because it seems like there's um, a high school in Talpa. There's a high school in uh arroyo seco there's a high school in hondo you know it, it just seems like there's a bunch of high schools it's it's really interesting to see so i'll start you know bringing up some of those old ones you know maybe mentioning some of the crazy uh old cool articles maybe like people who got married that year you know something more uplifting than definitely these dark ones but these dark ones like i said you know it, it is knowledge for the brain to know both sides of it you need to know the good you need to know the bad you know and this this one's a crazy one too. Like I said, the it was more rape than anything else. Um, the, the amount of rape in those couple of years was really disgusting, and you know it's it's definitely hasn't stopped. You know I remember there being an article that I came across one time, and I'm, I want to say it was maybe about ten years ago, maybe fifteen years ago, somewhere around there. It was a long time ago, and it said something about there was like. 60 rape kits in Taos that hadn't even been processed yet, you know, and, and these are multiple rape cases and they never process them, you know, and there's a lot of people who will say, you know, there's been a lot of rape in this town and it, it just kind of goes on a cold shoulder. It's, it's really gross. It's really weird. You know, it's really dark and really strange situation. So yeah, no, well, I hope you enjoyed this dark podcast and I'll probably have another one maybe tomorrow or one of the next days. I'll see when I have some more time. I'll do maybe a couple little short ones and just kind of saying hi, little 15 minute ones. I got to definitely go and read some more articles. So another dark side of Taos won't be for at least another week or so because I got to, you know, go through the articles and find all these different things. And that definitely takes some time. Well, I hope though you guys are all having a wonderful Tuesday. And like I said, this is Vida y Muerte and I am your host and I hope you have a great one. And, uh, to uh, tune in on my Facebook and you'll see the set of eyebrows that I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Those I tomorrow, I'm sorry, today. <laughs> I don't know why I'm already jumping ahead. You know, going to be doing these eyebrows tomorrow. They're really amazing. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be uh, the micro needling set. So it's going to be the ones that look like hair, you know, and I'll be posting also healed pictures of the set that I did uh, the couple weeks ago. Those ones look so amazing. They got to get hit one more time because they're a little bit light. But wow, the color that they stayed and the, the way they softened out looks really pretty on her. So like I said, you guys know, hope you have a wonderful Tuesday and uh, talk to you guys next time.